Hey, you're listening to The Centre Podcast. We're a church based in Dural, Sydney, who love Jesus and so want to make Him the centre of our lives, our community and our world. We're going to learn how to do that right now as we sit down and unpack Sunday's sermon. I'm sure there's, there's people who are very confused right now because we've got we've got, we've got a banter and, and no sermon. It's going to be a, a, a lovely week. Mitch, how you doing, mate? I'm good. I'm good. I was pretty sore this morning. Yeah. I, I in between our morning service and the evening, I did like a massive workout. All right. So it's like, oh, I'm so sore. Good sore. Walk walk us through it. Uh so yeah, I was doing some. I don't know what you call them, mace twirls. <laughs> so I have, I have a 10 kilo yeah. sledgehammer. I was like, it's really good for the yeah. shoulders to swell out. And I was smashing the tire with my sledgehammers. And so good. Picking up sandbags. And, yeah, so good. It. Amazing. Oh, Amazing. So it's my it's my like cure for tiredness. Because when we left, mm. like 2.30, I think it was mm. about 2.30 we left. I was like, oh, I'm so tired, Rach. She's like, I want to sleep. I'm like, no, I need to exercise. I need to like, that made me like alert. So Yeah. I mean, look, I, I saw you at space that evening, 6 p.m. <laughs> and you're, you know, wrangling three kids, having a pram. You're killing it life. Yeah, so, you know, was, um, obviously it was, it, was, it was cool to be part of like the space service and not have like a role. Mm. Oh, you ended up did sharing. But, yeah. um, but I was like, felt like a bit like, Rachel normally does. I'm like, oh, this is really hard, like, mm. juggling the kids. And we and we gave him the treat of the iPad. Yes. But, uh, yes. Like, it is hard for for mums. It is. That look after kids and church services. It is. Well, look, w- without um sort of jumping the gun too much, mm. I think that that sort of uh, gets us gets us perfectly into sort of an overarching theme that you mm. want to explore today because we're kind mm. of going to reflect on our Thanksgiving celebration service mm. and yeah, maybe we can chat about space as well. Who yeah. knows where spirit leads, yeah. but um, yeah, you're chatting about how you want to talk a bit about thankfulness. Yeah. And where, where better place to start than being thankful for our amazing wives. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Who we know do not listen to this podcast. No, no they do not at all. <laughs> the last thing my wife wants to do is listen to my voice. I remember yeah. um, when I was at Regent's Park, this, I preached a sermon on how Adam and Eve were high priests sure. like, and all that. And yeah. this person never encountered that. And she's just like, oh, she said, Rach, it must be amazing. You just have this Bible teaching all the time. And she's like, I don't listen to him. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 Your worst critics see family. I take yeah. that comment that Jesus says, a prophet's not welcome in his own hometown. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Although, you know, I think, I feel like maybe you and I are similar in one thing that we get like a little bit obsessive about things, like, which mm. I think can be helpful when you're like preparing for a sermon or something that you go like so deep into a certain passage. But I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I can definitely, even if it's a podcast, just like, for example, I listen to a stupid podcast at the moment. It's like five late night talk show hosts who during the writer's strike decided to start a podcast. It's like Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon, Stephen Colbert, uh, Seth Meyers and John Oliver. And they're chatting. So literally I like, I take a breath and Em knows by the way that I'm like, she's like, are you about to talk about Strike Force 5? She's like, I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> so it's not just Christian content. It's just all types yeah. of things that I get obsessed with. Yes. And yeah, she often jokes that by the time Sunday comes, she's like, I've already heard the sermon. Yeah, I don't need I've to already know. heard it. Yeah, I don't need to know. Are you, so. Do you get a bit like that? A bit obsessed um, about things and tell Rach or are you less annoying Yeah, probably, it's probably more of a recent thing. Sure. A sermon prep like <clears throat> in years gone by was always very like, very very much just me alone and now i'm mm. as i've gotten a bit older i'm asked people more for insights mm. i don't know had a very like old school like well it's, you know i need to figure this out myself and now i'm like mm. hey what do you think about this rachel mm. so yeah 
does get a bit more involvement yeah. than once had. Yeah, th- this is probably going so niche that it's alienating the audience. But there has been an interesting challenge that I got in preaching class this semester of, um, yeah, speaking to, like, some teenage girls, like, in prep for your sermon going, hey, like, how would this apply to you? Mm. Or speaking to, like, some older men and being like, hey, how would, like, this, like, passage and, like, if I was kind of, like, to have some practical application for you and speaking to people who are in completely different areas mm. and sort of quadrants of, of life, I think that... That, yeah, there's great wisdom to be taken from yeah. all types of people and the way they yeah. view the world. It's fascinating. Yeah, and that is the challenge with preaching is, yeah, how do you like pitch mm. your sermon? And mm. so conversation that we've had is like, well, look, it's probably something that I pitch my sermons predominantly at Christians who've been in church for a while mm. but probably don't know like the intricacies mm. of like a biblical narrative or yeah. a prophecy. Yeah. Um, so last week, oh gosh, what I preached on last week. Oh, that's right, David pretending to be insane. Yeah. And this lady comes and says, oh, I loved every moment of that, but I have no idea who any of those characters were. Mm. I was like, oh, like, mm. so, yeah. Yeah, it made me realize that if you're like new to the faith, mm. a lot of my sermons would be like, well, I have no idea what this is about. And yeah. So, so and that's the challenge mm. of like, well, if we want to have lots of non Christians come in, do we like, mm. how, how you pitch your sermons mm. for. So I think that's always, and it's a it's a debate which I think's run since the time of Jesus. What's whose church for Christians, or is it to be outreach? And so, yeah, or even sort of that. Jews or Gentiles a yeah, little bit, like because like, it's really interesting. And T. Wright makes this argument: the most compelling way to tell the story of Jesus is through the history of Israel. Mm. So I say yes, but <laughs> yeah. If you come into church with no knowledge of the history of Israel, yeah. that's a that's a long runway yeah, yeah. <laughs> to, to to get the plane like yeah. off the ground. So it is tricky, and that's like the tension I think even as Christians in secular world, you know, sharing yeah. the story of Jesus of Nazareth, mm. uh, you know, from the line of David, a very much a Jew, yeah. telling his story in a way that is applicable to their lives. Mm. And acknowledges the rich foundational backstory that that is built upon. I mean, I was even, I was just actually looking at a a revised English version of the Bible with Apocrypha (laughs) just before. And I mean, honestly, like when you add the Apocrypha, the the New Testament is a tiny slither (laughs) of the Bible. Uh, So, you know, give or take how you Mm want to engage with the Apocrypha. But this point is... The New Testament is is a very small chunk comparatively of the overarching yeah. biblical story. So how do we do that? How do we tell that story? That's a yeah. that's a challenge. It is. Um, yeah, for someone that knows nothing mm. about faith, you're like, like, do you start? Well, traditionally we start with Mark, but then Mark's gospel, as I said before, it has like so much assumed knowledge. Mm. When it says the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, just as written in Isaiah the prophet, behold, I send my messenger before your way. <laughs> yeah. Prepare uh, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the yeah. way the Lord makes straight his path. Two verses in. <laughs> There's three intertextual allusions. You've got Isaiah, Deuteronomy, yeah. and like Zechariah. And the assumption is, Mark, you know, his readers should know that instinctively. And yeah. so, yeah, even the gospel, we go, oh, this is the easiest one. Like the opening <laughs> assumes background knowledge of the Old Testament. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And all the gospels do that. So yeah. I think there's, um, yeah, it'll always be a challenge. There's no perfect answer. But um, it's one of the things I like about, say, like the Bible project or like the Bible storing method is starting through Genesis and yeah. having those key 
yeah, foundational stories then leading mm. to Jesus. Yeah. Um, which is why I'm very passionate about the Old Testament because that's the book that Jesus and the early church preached from. Mm. There's no gospel of that Jesus used. He yeah. pointed people to, mm. yeah. Well, my, I'm reading a book about, um, yeah, the allusions of um, the Old Testament in the Gospels, and the chapter mm. I'm up to is about John and Richard Hayes. He's and he just started saying like John's Gospel is based a lot about how Jesus is fulfillment of Moses, and he mm. says, but it's interesting. John doesn't allude to Moses, like doesn't quote Moses directly. Yeah. Quotes the Psalms more, and so yeah, yeah, yeah. you haven't got this chapter yet. But I'm really interested in how he's going to unpack how. There's like the allusions mm. to Jesus' life in Moses. Mm. So it's all really intertwined with the mm. Hebrew Bible. Mm. Mm. Well, look, we're, we're going no off track already. <laughs> but no, look, it's, it's all in the heart of banter. Yeah. So hopefully people are enjoying it as much as we are. <laughs> I was, look, you're a charming gentleman. I was, I, was, I was quite touched the other day that you said banter is the highlight of your week. I was like, oh, <laughs> maybe feel quite special. Yeah. Uh, but no, we want to be looking at today. We had a... Mm. Look, I'll say terrific service on on yes. Sunday yesterday. I had a really great mm. time. Um, for those of you who don't know, we had our celebration Sunday service. So this was really a recap and celebration mm. of the year that has been. Looking into how the word that you spoke over our church at the start of the year of steadfast mm. has interwoven throughout various ministries yeah. and stories of our mm. life as a community. Um, and yeah, just really celebrating the mm. the things that have been achieved mm. um, for you. What was sort of one thing that really popped for you that you walked away from that maybe yeah is, is summarized yeah, the day yesterday? I think the um, I think just the the excitement mm. afterwards mm. and the not that you're there for people's praise, but there was a lot of just positive. That mm. was great. I really mm. enjoyed that, and that's what we wanted was people to get excited about yeah. what God is doing. Mm. It's very easy to become a bit ho hum mm. about church mm. or like oh yeah. And as I said before I played that video, like who can remember what happened six months ago? It's like, yeah. oh yeah. And that was like a two minute yeah. snapshot video. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, like we did run those inflatable world nights. Oh yeah, yeah we had the Solomons play the Australians here. Yeah. Oh yeah. We yeah. had a wedding here in our cafe. Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Like yeah. Lou and Drew got married in February. That's really yeah. cool. So just those little highlights of mm. or even the kids singing the song in church. That yeah. was super cute. Yeah. I'd forgotten about that till yeah. I was like started preparing the video. And yeah. so just these came yeah, that's it. Just celebrating this key moment, seeing people getting excited mm. for like what God mm. was doing and yeah. yeah, that they found it. And something too that we want to do every year in our AGM. Mm. And so it wasn't just a big ah oh, that never do that again. It was mm. like that was cool to do something different and to celebrate God's goodness and come together mm. as a family to have lunch and yeah. communion. And that was what I found really cool was when we actually broke the bread, it was a bit of like, oh, this actually feels like a, a meal now. Yeah. And if we'd done it properly, we would have had broke the bread first and had the meat mm. and then we would have drunk the cup mm. after like mm. the supper because mm. that was like with the Passover. So, mm. But it, even just doing that was almost like a little entree, for lack of a better word, mm. doing that together than eating. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we're reading that passage from Isaiah. It's one of my favorite passages. In Isaiah, that chapter in 25, where yeah. he sees like the world, like Mount Zion and mm. the nation streaming around it and mm. that shrouded death being removed. It's just such a beautiful image, which clearly John riffs off mm. no more tears and mm. no more shame. And it's like, well, that's the hope that we have look, look forward to. Mm. Like, we remember God's acts in salvation past, like the Exodus, mm. um, your return from the exile, Jesus. Uh, resurrection mm. for us we have a future hope it's not all just 
intertwined in the past. It's like, well, this is mm. something to look forward to. And to use NT's white NT writes words signposts. Mm. Yes, that was a bit of a signpost. Like it was kind of what the Messianic banquet will look like. Yeah, to an extent, there'll be yeah. people gathering and eating meals and having a good time. Mm. Which, yeah, I remember reading somewhere it's like Jesus. Um, ate and drank his way into the kingdom. Mm. It's like, yeah. When you actually start to look at it, like, yeah, there's a lot of times Jesus eats. Mm. A lot of, like, his key teaching moments are all around meals mm. or feeding people. There's mm. this idea of, yeah, yeah, food is part of the kingdom. Yeah, even quite a few of his, yeah, like miracles are so yeah. f- food and drink based. Yeah. I love that. That's so cool. Mm. So then um, when we're talking about um, this idea of Thanksgiving, I can't help but think of sort of the American tradition around this time of year, <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, just yeah. in a few days of Thanksgiving. Mm. Um, I think that, it's pretty fair to say that America, even maybe moving out of a Christendom culture, mm. is still a lot more Christendom than yeah. us. It's, the, the culture is seems to be a lot more just, I don't know, marinated in, in Christian culture, yeah. and Australia is maybe a bit more secular. Um, but Thanksgiving, I think, is something which is really interesting because I think, for one, there is secular recognition that there are really positive, um, I, I, I suppose, yeah, um, carry on for being thankful mm. and, and recognizing those things and being positive about it. Um, but it is also really a, a Christian um, value in yeah. itself. It's not that Christianity owns Thanksgiving mm. or thankfulness, yeah. but it is something that I think as Christians we are called to. Mm. Uh, I am really struck. I may have shared this story um, on Bent before, but um, we sort of do this thing around the table every night at the Lambert household where we just uh, share one thing that we're thankful for about mm. each other. So, hey, I was really thankful about, you know, the way that you were really generous in helping out today and allowing some time for me mm. to, you know, hang out with my mate or whatever, whatever yeah. it might be. Um, my sister, who isn't a Christian, sort of heard that we did that. She's like, oh, is that like a Christian thing? And I was like, kind of like, ah, like, yeah. Like, I guess it is. Like, Mm. would we be doing that if we, like, weren't Christian? And it's interesting, I suppose, we'd love to jump in with that idea Mm. of how much is thankfulness a Christian idea and how much should it inform the way that we sort of walk in that way of thankfulness. Yeah, it's cool. Like, as you're talking, remind me of that that passage the kids were singing in that video yesterday, like 1 Thessalonians 5, like 16 says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Mm. That's super interesting. He said, this is God's will for you. Mm. Mm. Uh, Yeah, if we oftentimes we think of God's will as like, well, what's God's will in my life? Yeah. He's sort of a, well, to rejoice, to Mm. pray, and to give thanks. So I'd say, yeah, it's very intertwined as a Christian value. Um, Mm. One of the one of the passages which I looked at, which we prayed for the prayer of Psalm 145 about praising God, exalting Him, and that's just a, a psalm of praise. But even in the lament psalms, like mm. Psalm 22, like starts mm. off, oh "My God, My God, why have You forsaken Me?" Mm. It's almost like I need to whinge and complain and pour out my heart in this bitterness to get to the rejoicing, mm. and so. Yeah, a lot of the Psalms, I think it's only Psalm 77. That doesn't end on happiness. It sort of just ends with bleak. Mm. Like that. And that's the idea is God is a God who is to be celebrated mm. for what he's done. And particularly in like the Psalms, obviously the Exodus tradition underlines a lot of that celebration of Torah. Mm. It's like, well, we were rescued from slavery mm. um, and given new life, given purpose, given freedom. Mm. And yeah, um, and so part of that, yeah, I see rejoicing as God's purposes for us. Um, God, funnily enough, knows what he's doing. 
Mm. I often think of creation. I've said mm. this before, like the boundaries between the sea and the land. Mm. When when the sea transgresses the, the land boundaries, that's chaos. Mm. And so, yeah, God's law, God's purposes for us, they're about living a life that's ordered, that has meaning, and that's ultimately happy. Mm. You know, we, people who live by the sea, they're a lot happier when tsunamis aren't destroying their seaside villages mm. or you know, earthquakes opening up and swallowing people. And so if that's how nature's meant to be, obviously for us living in an ordered society, it makes sense to live under God's rules and recognise, okay, things don't go as we planned, but ultimately God has a good plan for us. And so mm. learning to celebrate that. And that's what I see here with this First Thessalonians 5 passage is, yeah, Paul's really yeah, exhorting the, the Thessalonians and us by mm. extension to be living in this way to be thankful to God even mm. in the midst of challenges and mm. yeah I have I have a saying which I stole from someone I can't remember who it is I think it's a Christian psychologist I can't mm. remember who mm. but yeah there's a big difference between joy and happiness mm. um, yeah you can be you can be joyful but still in tragedy like you can't be happy mm. and sad at the same time because happiness is very fleeting it's like a bubble it can mm. be popped but joy in the Lord you can have that and still be weeping. And that's why I see here Paul's saying is that rejoicing is not just, oh, yeah, everything's happy, I'm mm. not sad, doesn't matter that I've lost my job and, you know, mm. I've got cancer, I'm not, I can't be sad. It's like, no, 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 like, mm. you can still feel those, that sadness, which what the Psalms do for us, you can feel those emotions, feel that mm. agony and anger and questioning, mm. but then come to that place of, well, I know God is just. Mm. And, and that's really important. And that's part mm. of, like, was really the point of yesterday was mm. there's a lot of families that went through stuff this year. Mm. Yeah, cancer, sickness, death, mm. injuries. Even my family. Yeah, Brian Berry kind of says, oh, you didn't even mention like your wife. I'm like, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, She was pretty sick, actually. Yeah, she yeah, was. Yeah, it was really, really sick at one point. So, yeah, it's sort of like, well, but even in that, we still rejoice. And even in that season, same when Asher was in hospital, you could find moments of joy mm-hmm. in the Lord. Mm. And two, one thing I find with sickness is that like, hmm, makes you look forward to the eschaton a little bit more. It's like, hmm. Mm. Yeah, that's so unpack. unpack eschaton? Oh, eschaton's the end time when Jesus returns. Yeah. So like the yeah, eschatology, just yeah. the study of end times. And yeah, so yeah. when Jesus returns. Yeah, I, I find that when you like life is happy and healthy, yeah, it's kind of think that, you know, life can't get much better than this. Mm. And, and, and I guess that's always the tension of God created a world for us to be good and God wants us to be, well, Jesus clearly wants people to be healthy because mm. otherwise he wouldn't have healed so many yeah. blind, sick and lame. Yeah. But yeah, we kind of live in that tension of the now, not yet. So when like, to say, you know, when I'm like healthy, happy, life's going well, it's a little bit of a signpost, is that word again, of what mm-hmm. the kingdom will be like. But then when, say, when I got the flu in August and I couldn't move out of bed for a week, I'm like, oh, yeah, be pretty good if Jesus returned right now because I wouldn't have to experience this again or mm. when there's death and sadness mm. of recognising this is, yeah, terrible and we're called to cry and lament in this, but also in that mm. we know that this isn't just it, mm. that there's a final hope mm. for us. So, yeah, yeah I, I love the way you speak about that. I think that rejoice... Um, rejoicing in lamentation as sort of maybe two sides of the same coin. Mm. Um, and I think that, you know, what I sort of take away in part of that is we need to be careful. <laughs> 
as I think probably a church that um, by and large on average is the most educated Mm. (laughs) that the church has ever been. To not over intellectualize Christianity at the Mm. expense of um, stripping it of emotion. Yeah. Um, it was really, really interesting. I was at college. Um, we did this Maya Briggs test where for those of you who don't know, you kind of get broken up parts of your personality into these four separate, um, categories, which is extrovert, introvert, um, thinking, feeling, judging, perceiving, Mm -hmm. and sensing intuitive. Um, but all of that to say, um, a question came up, well, what was Jesus's personality, Mm. you know? Um, like, was Jesus an introvert or an extrovert? Mm. And it's like, well, he was both at times. Mm. Um, was he a thinker or a feeler? It's like, well, he was both at times. Uh, and yeah, this idea is that <clears throat> there's this beautiful tension in all of these categories in which <clears throat> we need to continue to find that balance. And I think we need to be careful to not, um, yeah, is over-emotionalize a word? I made it up if it's not. Um, Yeah, be overly emotive Mm. in our spirituality at the expense of wisdom and discernment Mm. and intellect and um, engaging with scripture in accurate and informed Mm. ways. But then we also need to be careful not to over-intellectualize it and start to see the Bible as a maths textbook. Yeah. One of the cool things about space was... That's part of the reflections I have on that Revelation 15 of the church scene, the song of Moses mm. before like the Red Sea moment when the dragon's defeated. It's like, well, yeah. the victory is so certain we can yeah. sing praises because we know final victory over evil will happen. Mm. And what I really loved about it was just it was a time of worship. And it sounds odd from someone who loves preaching, but not actually having that formal teaching time was quite refreshing. It was just nice just to sing have some time mm. to listen to people's reflections on yeah. like either what they were reading or what they felt God was saying during the singing mm. and then doing more singing and then praying together. Yeah. And yeah, it was, it was actually, was it Brian who was sharing on Friday when Jerrell kind of went first, this is like 30 years ago, mm. seeker sensitive people mm. got really like, Oh, the sermons are not like intellectual enough. Mm. And Brian's like, well, what did you take from the sermon? And they'll sort of, and apply it to your, your life. life. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and yeah, he yeah. said the people were like, Oh, like there's a, yeah, if you if you kind of wired that way, there's a it's very mm-hmm. seductive to want to intellectualize scripture. Yeah, and it's a danger that I suppose Bible college students have is the Bible just becomes like you said, just another textbook. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, actually, how is this applying in your life? And yeah. it, actually, it's interesting. It can make some students very cranky because it's like, oh, that's not what the text means. Blah blah blah. blah. That's not like the application for it. Sure. Like, yeah. Okay, you are technically right, but yeah. is it not better for us to like act? Yeah, like, I, I, yeah. When Jesus says, "I desire mercy, not sacrifice," the idea is like, well, isn't it better to actually do something than yeah. to just have it? As, as James says, even the demons believe. Well, like the our context yeah. is, you believe there's one God. Good, good. Yeah. Even the demons believe, it and they shudder. Like, like there is this yeah. awe and reverence in a way, like this Stuff. fear of the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't know? change their fate. Basically. Yeah, it's like yeah, they know that. So what? Yeah. Almost like saying like, yeah, knowledge is, yeah, cool. You, you have knowledge of like yeah. the Bible. Mm, cool. Yeah. So the demons too. Like yeah, yeah. big deal. Yeah, like, you actually need to live out. Mm. Yeah, and mm. so yeah. yeah. 
there's a cool quote from John Craddock when he's talking about preaching, which is, um, don't just say what the text says, do what the text does. Mm. And it's the idea that the Bible is <clears throat> something that is supposed to be informative to, I, I suppose, be forming us into a closer likeness of Christ. Mm. And that's not just going to be a mind, that's going to be a heart and a hands. And yeah, I think that it is a great challenge for us. And I think that there is almost an interesting challenge um, for Christians to how they how they view a church service. Mm. And I think that's what I really loved about our sort of celebration Sunday mm. service. So much of, a, of it was actually focusing on the on the outer. Yeah. On how the center and our church community is is reaching out. Mm. And I think that that is the vision of the church that it is a river that flows out yeah. from the temple and gets bigger mm. <laughs> and brings life and transforms yeah. spaces which are arid and desolate and, mm. and, and lack life. Um, yeah, it's it's I think something that is really, really challenging because yeah. it is safe <laughs> to to, you know, kind of sit in our little mm. bubble to continue to just amass head knowledge mm. and not actually challenge ourselves to be formed into a closer mm. likeness of Christ for it to inform the way that we take up our cross, the way that we love others. Um, it's it's an embodied experience yeah. and I think that the very fact that God chose to be embodied <laughs> and mm. share the good news in that way. Um, by not just speaking, but by doing, yeah. is just evident that that's, that's the way God wants us to interact yeah. as Christians. And look, and one of the things which I wanted to share lots of stories yesterday, but I was like, oh, look, we don't really have the time. Mm. And there'd be, oh, a bird just flew into the window there. I think a bird just <laughs> yeah, died. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you ran really good onto that. Um, yeah, it's probably like if I was to think of highlights and we see all the highlights revolve around various conversations. I've had with either staff members or like different patrons mm. about like Jesus. Mm. And so, which probably shows like kind of where my heart's at. Um, yeah, I was, it was when I was at George's River Life Church, the senior pastor there said, We don't want to be a church about the Sunday service, we want to be about the Monday to Saturday. Mm. So, for him, like the service, yeah, it's important, but for us, like actually the real <laughs> ministry is throughout the week. And I've kind of, something that I've often believed in myself was like, Well, the real stuff. Sunday is important mm. to gather together corporately and worship, but the real stuff, which no one sees on Sunday, is what happens, yeah, behind the counter or out there on the floor. When mm. you just never know. Um, yeah, there's two stories I think of. One of them was the staff members moved on, but she was in a, she's still in um, a lesbian relationship, and she asked me point blank, like, "What does the Bible say about this? What do you think?" Mm. You know, having this, I framed it around creation again. And how, like, yeah, creation is order and, like, what God... And she said, okay, that makes sense to me. I can see what... Mm. Because, that, like, it's a pretty big thing to have someone say that, like, staff too, about, you know, what we believe as Christians, what the Bible says. And so it's very tempting to say, oh, well, God loves all people and that's okay. But actually speak the truth in love. And so that's why I find it's sharpened me up in terms of, um, mm. yeah, how I <clears throat> present Jesus to people. Yeah. And another one was a lady who, she's like, oh, we should have a couple of questions. So, yeah, yeah, sure. The first one was about exercise. So we got talking about that. And then the second one was like, oh, how do I get closer to God? And I was like, whoa, I was not expecting that. Mm -hmm. And we ended up having a 45-minute chat in the cafe. And so it's those moments. I'm like, that's what makes it worth 
doing what we do as mm. stressful as it is sometimes mm. <laughs> running a business and mm. doing a lot and juggling stuff is that there's these opportunities which we wouldn't get otherwise mm. and yeah a big part of what i say is running the business well or doing things well so people know ah oh, if this is run by a group of christians and a church then they must be okay so even if it's just a little C mm. that's along their journey for okay these mm. the group at the center they aren't the typical Christians that I think of mm. that I see in the news or yeah mm. so yeah that's what I often find cool is keeping yeah. sharp I love that idea of um, <clears throat> not being a church about the Sunday being mm. a church about the Monday to Saturday what does that then inform that our Sunday looks like and does yeah. and that's a, and that I guess is the million dollar question so to speak mm. is like how do we yeah because one, one of the things that we're going through as a kind of planning team on Fridays is looking at how we sort of grow like the church and want to grow it for non-Christians mm. and so yeah it's like okay if we're going to try to be intentional about reaching the community with the hope of Jesus then our services probably need to reflect mm. something that's accessible to yeah, non-Christians. And so I guess that's the conversation we're having is do we kind of push into the more so seeker-sensitive, mm. not going through the weird and wonderful Bible passages. and Yeah. Yeah, and that's always going to be like a, a tension, I think. Of yeah. Like, yeah, because you need to feed the sheep. Yeah. Remember someone saying, came to you and says, oh, you really fed the sheep today. You gave them like good stuff. And I was like, yeah, that's a tension of like, okay, yeah, I want to like give people mm. like the gospel mm. also to not in a way that's just so oh my goodness is so overwhelming mm. um and yeah mm. which i guess is part part of why we started like the podcast mm. so if we really want to nerd out mm. that's what this space is for mm. um which i find quite liberating it's like well i can just kind of give like a not like a shallow but like a, a less like dense version of like the mm. passage and go well if you want to find out more that's mm. the space of this so yeah yeah, um, and yeah, I think too, like have running more opportunities for people to sit in scripture. So if people want to learn more, mm. actually sitting down one on one or in small groups, yeah, actually like unpacking the Bible, yeah, is important. So discovery Bible studies are really good for that. You just read. Mm. So there's different. There's an app now for it. It's so easy. You can pick like you want to go through the whole Bible or just the New Testament and just. You read the story, you try to repeat the story, mm. which I think helps to like, yeah, get it in your mind and then just ask some questions and the super mm. simple questions. What's the teachers about God, people? Mm. Who needs to hear this story and what do I need to do about it? Mm. So it sounds really simple, but you can draw so much out as people, particularly if you've got like a group of five or six and everyone has to retell the story. Yeah, the first person often struggles and by the end, the last person sort of got it. But when you've heard it so many times in different sort of retellings mm. and people drawing out mm. different ideas about God and who they need to tell and what they need to do, it starts to really solidify, yeah, what the Word of God is doing. Mm. And so, yeah, seeing that as part of it is not just... I think once upon a time, you could just go, just push people in the church and that would be enough. Mm. I see now, particularly with how people... Uh, I was having a chat with someone just before. They carry a lot of baggage from church. They can't divorce. The church I grew up in taught that women are to be submissive, quiet, to like be not to work. Yeah. Like I can't. Like that's just 
their view of Christianity and shifting that is mm. not easy. Yeah. So where I find actually getting into scripture itself can often like break those chains because mm. there is an, yeah, there, there is, I think too, like an, um, to an extent, like I think all of us carry like cultural baggage around the Bible. We mm. read a text yeah. and we have our own view of what that is. I'm thinking of the classic wife submit to your husband. <clears throat> For me, the word submit impl- conjures up the USC. Mm. Being in a submissive chokehold, like tapping yeah, yeah, out, being in a bare knuckle, cage yeah, fight. yeah, and yeah. I, like a lot of people see that, and it's probably being perpetuated for a, a long time from the pulpit. Where if you read the verse above, wives, husbands treat your wives as Christ treated the church. I'm like, well, how did Christ treat the church? Well, he gave himself up, mm. and so in a similar, I see it as like it's like mutual submission mm. in some ways. Mm. She puts more onus on the husband to mm. be like Jesus. Mm. And give up. So Jesus is still Lord and Saviour and in charge, but yeah, he set he paved the way as the example for us in this mm. example in the marriage of husbands. And so yeah, but that's not often like mm. <laughs> the focus is usually on like wives, you submit. Like in the past, I'm talking in the past. And so people carry that around mm. and yeah, trying to break that. And look, partly too is for the next generation and the statistics are clear, they're not anti-god they're just agnostic they don't think they can find mm. the meaning of life mm. in a church service mm. and so yeah there's richard beck he's a, he's a psychologist christian psychologist and he <clears> says like every yeah i say basically every addiction you know depression all that is actually people crying out for god mm. at a deeper level and mm. say so saying like yeah I, I think people are still desperately seeking god they're just not seeking god within the confines of a 9.30 Sunday morning church service. They're looking for it in alternate ways. And just to even how society has shifted. Mm. There are whole online communities now. And people, like, mm. yeah, have friends that are global and are connected. Like, most of Gen Z and our kids who are Gen Alpha, they see the phone as, like, an extension of their self. Like, they almost don't see... And that has issues, too, but that's the reality of the world we're living in. And mm. so how mm. as a church... Tailor that. That's all. Yeah, and I mean, look, the reality is, you know, as as technology further develops, I think that people are going to be even more interconnected, um, yeah. sort of wirelessly in, mm. in ways that we probably can't even imagine no. right now. Um, you know, there's already. I don't think it really caught off, but you know, the the Google Glass that sort of created these glasses mm, that you yeah, could wear yeah, to, yeah. you know, essentially be having yeah, almost yeah. like Terminator style like information yeah, going crazy, yeah. past your eyes on these lenses mm-hmm. that are right in front of you, like you know, at all times yeah. and. Um, yeah, although that didn't catch on, you know, I think that's the future having, mm. you know, these things, even um, biohacking, having yeah. different things plugged into your brain. So you're like, okay, cool. This is where we're going as a mm. society yeah. where we are interconnected more and more. Mm. Um, how do we sort of interact with all that? And I think that one thing about all of that is is community mm. and, and genuine community. Mm. Um, I think that it's really, really interesting as we look at you know, the ways to communicate the gospel, the ways to, you know, share the good news. 
there are things that we need to consider in the the new things that are mm. you know sort of barriers or, or ways in whether you want to see them as you know mm. a, a, a tide that's pulling yeah. you out you know closer to the conversation mm. or something that's pushing you back into mm. shore <laughs> stopping you from getting out to there yeah. but i think that what's really fascinating is throughout all of this the truth of the gospel still remains mm. And what we are looking at is something which is personal and relational and something which ultimately has a history in mm. it and, and, and bringing people into that. Um, as we sort of wrap up today, mm. I suppose I'd really love to just hear some thoughts on we've kind of had a really massive year mm. of, of looking at, um, I, I suppose, the book of Hebrews and that mm. I, that theme of steadfast. Yep. We've been looking at Jeremiah and, mm. and the themes of lament. We're now looking at, you know, Samuel kind of leading mm. up to Christmas and, and the stories that have sort of um, point towards Jesus in a lot of mm. ways. Um, as we sort of step into next year, I know that, you know, there is probably a, a, a word that you are mm. not going to release yeah. today. You know, it's a little teaser for, yeah. for later, but, um, I suppose, what are some things that you've been hearing from our congregation? Mm. Um, both, you know, whether it was throughout our, our space service, whether it's through conversations yeah. you've been having, I think that for me, and I'll, I'll give you a second mm. to think about it, it's yeah, a big yeah. question. I think that um, one thing that's been resonating with me throughout this year is actually the story that Kerry Pope shared right at the start of this year in our New Year's Day Mm. service about her journey uh, with with her health, Mm. uh, her faithfulness, setting her eyes on Christ, the ways in which the church community getting around Mm. her and supporting her, um, both in very physical ways and spiritual Mm. ways as well of prayer. Um, I think that sort of echoes the repeated story time and time Mm. again Mm. of people People throughout yeah. this year um, and I think that what's really interesting in all of that is I think um, there is something which echoes the story of the people of our church mm. but I think also that echoes the story of our church mm. as a group of yeah. people um, again I, I kind of mentioned it briefly yesterday <clears throat> specifically talking about our young adults community but mm. I think the truth is and again I, d- I don't want to dwell on it mm. but I think that the story of our church as the center is it has come out of a really difficult season mm. sort of prior to you joining us um, but there are uh, probably still some scars and some wounds mm. that I get really excited about because I think as we move further away from that and, and hopefully do it in a way which is Christ-like mm. and godly and led by the Spirit, um, I, I see healing. Mm. I see restoration. And I think that the really interesting story of Jacob sort of wrestling with God mm. in the wilderness, but leaving that situation with a limp, mm. <laughs> I think is really fascinating because the way in which our our wounds, our scars, mm. you know, as a honorary yeah. now and however you want to say his name, I always <laughs> yeah, yeah, butcher yeah. it, says talking about speaking from your wounds, mm. being the wounded healer. Um, and I think even, you know, as you look to Isaiah, the, the suffering servant, that so much of our story as Christians, not just as the center, yeah. is how we move forward in the mess, how we move forward in that situation mm. 
of the pain and how the way that we deal with suffering can actually be the most powerful way to share the gospel. Mm. Because I think when we present a clean Christianity that's neat Mm. (laughs) and tidy and polished, that it can actually make people coming in feeling like there is no room for them, (laughs) that they are not clean enough, that they are not put together enough Mm. to join that. But when we invite people into that mess and say, hey, we're, we're broken and hurting and struggling and journeying through this with God, I think that can be a much less intimidating invitation yeah. for others. Mm. So that's kind of something that I've been seeing going yeah. throughout this year. Um, yeah, I, I mean, is that likewise? Is there other yeah. things that you've been seeing? What's Pro- sort of Probably been... for me, um, yeah, that image of that tree out in the activity yeah. is cut down. That's probably the thing that, I have really noticed is that, yeah, I suppose kind of part of my role is, and I was told this to my senior pastor, if you're not thinking of the next 10 years, mm. then you shouldn't be in the top job. So mm. I kind of thinking like, often think like five year, 10 years. Yeah. Um, sort of how my brain works a little bit. And for me, it's sort of the next generation. I get very excited by seeing like, like our kids age more, like for a church of our size, we have a fairly sizable kids church. Yeah. And, um, yeah, for me, that's what I see is like the growth. It's like, okay, they're little right now, yeah. but they won't be little no. in 10 years. And yeah. so I recognize that for the kind of teenagers that we have, a few of them, that means that they're going to miss out. And that's like part of, like, I guess the wounds of what we've been through as a church, but also to seeing like the new growth that's coming mm. and sort of how, yeah, even as like a sports center, we're equipped with like inflatable world and mm. all this stuff to actually grow their kids' ministry, that's sort of what I see as God's doing, is bringing in all these people into playtime mm. and using our inflatable world nights as ways mm. for the next five to ten years is to see that generation own their faith and mm. be, yeah, the next worship leaders, singers. It's really cool. I love how Hazel and Esther always dance together. Mm. Like there's, And Hazel will get like different toys and pretend she's singing at church. Mm-hmm. Carrie was telling me how... Kayla Perkis was playing guitar saying, I'm playing, like, yeah, even Asher, he, he quite likes singing. Mm. And so I, like, I'm sort of, well, because we see Phoebe getting up with Cole. Yeah. There's a sense of me, like, it's actually really exciting mm. to see that there's a generation now that's still mm. very small, yeah. but will be, yeah, ready to unleash the mm. gifting one day. Mm. And, yeah, that's what excites me, mm. is seeing it. Yeah, there's mm. a little shoot is growing up. And mm. yeah, like that quote, which I absolutely love that you said in that um, dedic- I was going to say celebration, dedication Sunday mm. about yeah, blessed are those who plant trees for their like grandchildren, mm. great grandchildren, wasn't it? Y- oh, yeah, 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 well, well, for yeah, 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 yeah. that they'll never sit under the shade yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's a big part of like what we do here is we might not see the fruit of that mm. like, here and now, but it'll be like twenty years, mm. thirty years time, and mm. yeah, that that's kind of yeah. I guess where I see where at, um, mm. yeah, and also like God answering prayers. Uh, I won't name this person because it's embarrassing, but like our big prayer was that our staff would come to faith, and we like mm. our ideal staff member, someone who's like Christian mm-hmm. and is connected in with our church, and we sort of have seen that answered. Mm. I was like, okay, like, I feel like there's a, been a bit of a shift in who God type of people God's bringing opportunities there, mm. so. Yeah, just slowly but surely seeing these prayers mm. and God bringing the people. So, mm. you can, so yeah, that's probably 
big part yeah. of what yeah. I've been seeing this year. Seeing the shoot. Yeah, the shoot growing mm. up, and that excites me. And yeah, not looking at... Yeah, numbers are a difficult one because numbers do tell a story, but numbers aren't what is important to God. And so, mm. yeah, that's what excites me is seeing this more gratifying. Oh, that's an answered prayer there. Mm. We prayed for this to happen, and that's what's happened. Or mm. even yesterday, one of the parents from Playtime was there, and it's like, oh, that's that's really cool mm. to see because that's what we pray for. Mm. So, yeah, seeing that growth just mm. slowly but surely and... Yeah, and I think too, like that's, and just navigating throughout, and also just navigating it through the challenges of a society that's increasingly post Christian. Mm. And so, how, yeah, we as a center can be equipped to, yeah, like some people have said, like, your church was probably 30 years ahead of the game mm. and probably didn't realize it at the time because mm. a lot of churches are going to struggle. Like you lie on tithing alone. That's, yeah, I got a, I got a mate at a church and, yeah, 90% of their income's in tithing and mm. they're significantly below budget, so they have to be staff cuts. And that's stressful. Well, here we have our own stresses, so it's, but like having that that business model, mm. that's a relief. And two, of knowing, well, we can use that business to not only care for community, but fund our ministry. So, mm. yeah, mm. fun things that I've been seeing. Mm. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Well, Mitch, thanks for sharing. Thanks for the, the vision that you share with us as a senior pastor. You know, I um yeah, just wanna sort of echo again, I think not just the uh the word steadfast, but the word grow from mm. last year I think have continued to mm. sort of weave their way through. Um and yeah, I think that um there are a lot of people, including myself, who are really excited to yeah, yeah see see uh where twenty twenty four leads us. Um and and beyond. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, lots of beyond. That's the scary part is Years just tick by. Mm. And so, very glad for eternal life. <laughs> mm. <laughs> when a year like blinks and you're like, oh, mm. wow, we're mm. already writing new dates. So, <laughs> I only just got used to 2023. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, um, yeah, kind of beautiful segue in some ways into yeah what i'm what i'm sharing on this sunday yeah. as a little teaser um yeah preaching around uh 2 samuel 7 and mm. the story of king david now you know very much a king <laughs> and instated is finally on the throne and now saying hey i want to build a, a temple a house for the lord and uh yeah god kind of comes in and says no i'm i'm, I'm happy in my tabernacle <laughs> and what that actually looks like for us as human beings who as you've kind of alluded to already measure through metrics of numbers and mm. you know sizes and you know all of those sort of things what does it actually look like to build something not for our own glory um and not um yeah what we think god wants even mm. with you know really um honest hearts and, yeah. and earnest hearts for the Lord, but actually continuing to seek God's will, mm. even when it doesn't seem to align with anything that makes sense of yeah. remaining in a tabernacle or not building this this yeah, house yeah. for the Lord. But yeah, it's going to be, uh, I think, a really fun uh, passage to get into. Cause probably. It's a, and without stealing your thunder, probably for Christians, probably one of the most significant Old Testament texts because it yeah. impacts us directly absolutely Our king jesus yeah uh, absolutely mm. absolutely so yeah lot to get into on yeah, sunday yeah, be good well, <laughs> well i, I won't be here to listen to and i'll be back next i'll be back uh tuesday we're back on deck so good you and the firm getting away it's yeah, m- yeah. much much deserved yeah, rest yes. <laughs> well we will miss you but we we look forward to seeing you back the following week <laughs> all right well, thanks everyone see you guys see ya. 
thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to help others discover this channel. Check out the description if you want to find out more or get in touch with us at the Centre Dural. But in the meantime, praying for God's hand over you as you continue to step into everything Jesus has in store for your life. Be blessed.